All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third ever episode of the Wrestling Rare Podcast. Me, your host, Ryan Lytle. That's right, Ryan Lytle. I wish it was a cooler name. It is not. It is what it is, and I'm going to use it. Um, I know I said last week that this episode was going to be a trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about all things before and after the Attitude Era. Well, things have changed a little bit. The reason they've changed a little bit, I'm going to wait to give you guys that episode until after Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker go at it this uh, this month here at SummerSlam. Um, but with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the intro music. Uh, if you recognized it, good for you. Uh, 2005 Monday Night Raw intro. Um, so what we're going to do this week, guys, I want to talk a little bit, uh, kind of what we do every week. You know, I want to, uh, uh, review this week in wrestling. I want to talk about not just WWE, we're going to get into a little bit of Lucha Underground and TNA as well, but I want to, I want to review this week in wrestling because a lot of stuff has happened, a lot of things are going around, and then, you know, what? we're going to do something that I love to do, um, that I haven't really done a whole lot on this show, but we're going to do a little bit of fantasy booking. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do some fantasy booking. Um, I don't know if you like to fantasy book wrestling, but I love to fantasy book wrestling. Um, but before we get into that, guys, I, I want to reiterate, that since this is only the third episode, and this might be your first time listening to my podcast, I want you guys to know why I'm doing this podcast. I'm a wrestling fan, have been for over a decade, probably close to 15 years now, but I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm doing this for the fans, by a fan, for the fans, whatever you just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I want this to get out there. Uh, I don't want this to be something that's politically correct, which I don't think wrestling is in any way, shape, or form. It is my soap opera. It is my religion. Yes, I've said that in public. I enjoy wrestling to the fullest extent that it can be enjoyed to. I started off as a fan, believing 100% that everything was absolutely real, which gets into Dana White calling it fake. You could say fake. If you really want to use the word fake because you refuse to accept what it is, that's fine. I'm not going to say fake. Predetermined, absolutely. Um, entertaining, absolutely. All right? Fake shit's fake. Fake, the word fake means not entertaining. If you say fake, are you entertained when somebody's faking it? Like, if you have a sex lady and she's faking it, are you, well, I guess sometimes you might be entertained because you don't know she's faking, but if you know she's faking it, are you really going to be entertained? Let's be honest. So, Dana White calling it fake. Yeah, get out of here with that shit. I ain't playing that. All right, but I do love wrestling, guys. I absolutely do. It's it. I, I there's two things in life I love, and that's poker and wrestling. And I can't tell you which one comes first. But this isn't a poker podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. And goddamn poker podcast. That sounds really fucking boring. Like, how are you gonna be like, oh, I have pocket aces. What do I do next? You fucking bet. That's what you fucking do with pocket aces. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Back to wrestling. Don't get me distracted. Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry if you guys hear creaks here and there. My office chair broke. I am sitting in a old, old, old ass wood crickety chair at my desk right now. And it, it is fucking annoying. I'm a, I'm a fat kid. And if I wiggle to the left or right, yeah, you hear that squeak. And that squeak's not really fucking pleasant. But at the same time, I gotta do what I gotta do. And I gotta record this one way or another. I gotta get up to you. I'm already late. And I'm already late. Why? Well, because I got caught up watching some wrestling. You know, shit happens. Get over it. But before I get into this podcast, guys, I want to I want to catch you up on what's going on this week, okay? Um, and what I feel is going on this week. And, and since I'm going to talk about what's going on this week, I want you guys to to follow me on Twitter. I want you to follow me on SoundCloud. My stuff's on iTunes. I'm at Wrestling Rant. Wrestling Rant. Yes, at Wrestling Rant. Rant is spelled with a W. It's silent. Why? Because I can put a silent W on anything and make it sound cooler. 
Fuck it. I don't give a shit. Doesn't really change the way it sounds. But to me, it's cooler. So we're going to go with it. So don't ask questions, guys. Just let it roll. And follow me at Wrestling Rant on Twitter, guys. And uh, let me know what you think of the show. And I'll drop that a couple more times throughout the show. Um, but uh, this week, Divas Revolution is running strong. Um, I'm waiting to see. Really, really, okay, this is my thing with Divas Revolution, guys. I'm loving it because I'm loving the girls in NXT coming up. They're kind of making the girls on the show look not necessarily look bad, but look they're not used to the girls on, on, on you know before uh, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch showed up. They're not used to having these 15, 20 minute long matches. They're not used to having two segments a night. So so they're it's almost like they have ring rust. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're they're not at the same level. But that's because they're not used to it. And so I realized a couple weeks ago that I said that I feel like the Bella Twins don't fit in. Nobody fits in because they're not used to it. like I, the beginning of this week's match. Um, you know, it, it it is what it was. It was go, it goes good strong, but you get those divas who've been on the main roster for a long time going. They're not used to having twenty minute matches. So like ten minutes in, they're like, okay, normally this is over. Their body saying, hey, normally you're done by now. What the fuck's going on? And the match just kind of goes downhill from there. Um, luckily though, they've got people to help pick it up, uh, since there are divas now that are used to being in these longer matches. But at the end of the day, I'm still loving what's going on. But I am waiting for one thing, and I'm waiting and I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm watching, and I'm waiting for Tamina Snuka. Because she has really yet to, 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 to do anything. She doesn't say anything. She had not really cut promos. She did some scary faces backstage the other week. But other than that, she's not doing anything. I don't know if WWE is not using her. Or is she the black horse of this revolution? Maybe they're keeping her on the back burner. Waiting for shit to pop off before she gets in the ring and knocks bitches out. Because Tamina Snook is a, a burly chick. Like, you don't just say burly without her being burly. I mean, look at her. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, burly chick, not a typical diva. Everybody's saying, like, I remember Paige talking about she doesn't want to be the typical diva, she wants to be the anti-diva. I'm sorry, Tamina Snuka is the anti-diva. Look at her. She don't look like none of them. Period. She burly. Like, Beth Phoenix was burly. But Beth Phoenix still had those soft, subtle features. Tamina Snuka ain't got none of that. Tamina Snuka got going on, don't get me wrong, but she ain't got none of that. She she looked like she ready to whoop somebody's ass at any given moment. So I'm trying to figure out, is she the black horse, or is she just like the lame duck? Is WWE actually going to use her in the way that she should be used, or is she just going to fade into the background, you know? Because eventually, guys, let's be honest, this little, you know, Team Bad, Team Bella, and Team, uh, oh, what was it, what was it, what was it, what was it? Uh, the Submission Sorority? Ugh. Um, so they're not going to last long. They're not going to last forever. These these teams are going to be split up. And once they get split up, is Tamina Snuka still going to be around? That's yet to be seen. But I do look forward to see how WWE uses the third, third member of Team Bad. So let's look forward to that in the coming weeks. And as soon as I see something that happens that changes what's going on, believe me, I'll let you guys know. You, I mean, I ain't got nothing else to talk about. Might as well tell you guys what I'm talking about. But I also want to get into... Uh, I don't know if you guys are... Uh, Internet wrestling community, as JR would call us. Um, that's right, JR, Jim Ross, the white meat baby face, as, as Stone Cold would say. But as JR would say, we're the internet wrestling community. I don't know if you guys follow, you know, Bleacher Report, uh, WrestlingNewsTV.com, Cage Side Seats. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, guys, you know, Pro Wrestling Torch, things of that nature. But anyway, Bleach Report this week has their Stoop Star of the Week. 
superstar, superstar of the week. Their superstar of the week is who, 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 who? Did you Google it? I already Googled it. It is Neville, and I fucking agree with the with with the way Neville shined this week and against his match with Seth Rollins on Raw. I mean. There's, there's no way about it. I mean, who else are you going to have a superstar of the week? Nobody else stood out more than, than, than Neville on Monday Night Raw. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Um, uh, but the way that that match started, because Seth Rollins come out talking about how he wore John Cena's ass and broke his nose, and now he wants to do uh, open challenge for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship because John Cena's not there to do his U.S. Open Challenge. But he had some... Uh, uh, he had some turns that you had to abide by in order to fight. And first was going to be El Torito. Come on, really? I would have loved it because it probably been hilarious, but it wouldn't have been, you know, you would have been bullshit from the beginning. But the way he did it, you know, I had to be under a certain height, under a certain weight. And then Neville walks out, and Neville matched that shit. And I, I, knew, I knew as soon as Neville walked out, it was going to be a good match. But I did not know it was going to be that good. It's like Seth put Neville over. No, Neville didn't win the match. You knew coming out he wasn't going to win the match. He's not just going to... I mean, you guys aren't going to see a WWE World Heavyweight Championship change hands on Monday Night Raw unless maybe, probably not, but maybe money in the bank cash in. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think a title is going to change hands any title, I don't care what title it is, maybe the tag titles, maybe, but any other title, even the Divas title right now, it's pay-per-view money, like, why would they give that away to you for free, I know we want it for free, don't get me wrong, I want to see it for free, but they ain't gonna let you get it for free, you gotta pay for that shit, and I'm okay paying for it, because why, I got WWE Network, $9.99, and what happened to those commercials they have $9.99, I missed the crowd chant $9.99, I loved it, it was fantastic, but anyway, let's move back on to Neville, alright, it was like Seth Rollins put Neville over, though. You knew he wasn't going to win, but you didn't know that match was going to be so damn goddamn motherfucking entertaining. I mean, I'm telling you, from bell to bell, I was just like, oh, Neville might actually win, even though I knew he wouldn't. Like, I was still cheering like I was a fan, and, and the reason being is because Seth Rollins is a genius. Neville is coming into his own. He's kicking butt. He's taking opportunities after opportunities and showing the world what he's got. And his fan base is only getting bigger in and outside WWE. And when I say in WWE, that means people who normally don't like the smaller guys are starting to like the smaller guys. Because I don't care who you are. They wanted to put Neville in that fucking match if they didn't know Neville could bring down the fucking house. Period. Monday Night Raw loves to start the show with the bang. Whether it be a big promo bang or whether it be a match bang. And the fact of the matter is, is that match was a bang. And I mean a bang. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There was some spots in there where I legitimately was on the edge of my seat going, Neville might actually fucking win this shit. Oh my god, Neville's gonna win. Neville's gonna win. Neville's gonna win. And then he didn't fucking win. He, I thought he fucking won. But then you see Seth Rollins, he got his foot on the rope. Oh, I was so goddamn. It's almost like when he pinned him, he put his Seth Rollins foot on the rope. But at the same time, I thought he counted three. I was, I was like, <gasps> and then I saw the foot on the rope. I was like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, I was down on the ground. I, I thought I was gonna die. Because literally, like, I'm fat kid. I got heart problems. You can't just you can't just be scaring me like that. You can't just be, be teasing me in that level. But it was a very entertaining match. Definitely match of the night. And to start off the show with the match of the night. Damn, WWE, y'all got three hours left. Y'all better calm down a little bit. But at the end of the day, it was a fantastic match. And that's all there was to it. Now, now speaking of Seth Rollins, later in the night, Seth Rollins uh, challenged John Cena at a title versus title match at SummerSlam. Um, 
having John Cena, you know, accept a title versus title match makes things a little bit more interesting to a point. I mean, uh, there are a few downfalls of this match. You know, a lot of fans don't want to see Cena in the world title picture. You know, it's been, you know, he's 15-time world champ. Give somebody else a break. But if you look at it, like, everybody else that, that Ambrose could be facing right now is already in, you know, a feud with somebody else. And the only other person, you know, I'd be interested in seeing him face right now would be Dolph Ziggler, but Dolph Ziggler's out, you know, he's making a movie. But even when he come back, he's still got the recent feud to pack up and go home with. So, you know, Edson Johnson, who he got left? I mean, could be Randy Orton, but Randy Orton and Sheamus kind of have a thing going on. I kind of thought it was over after Battleground, but apparently it's not. But uh, I guess there's rumors saying that uh, Sheamus is injured. He's not on the Australian tour, so I, I don't know what's going on there. But at the end of the day, there's really nobody else Rollins to be fighting at, at SummerSlam with. And the fact of the matter is, is what is this? Two or three years in a row, it's it's John Cena, you know, versus whoever for the you know WWE World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. So SummerSlam's a big deal, and John Cena is definitely you know a big deal in WWE. People want to see him and. You know, he sells, period. That's all there is to it. He sells, especially after him coming back. And, you know, if he accepts this challenge with a broken fucking nose and just has fucking surgery, the guy's the guy's a pimp, the guy's a G, the guy's a badass, and he's going to do what he's going to do, and we're going to get this show on the road because SummerSlam is going to be one hell of a pay-per-view, guys. And uh, I'm not just talking all things SummerSlam to the end, guys, but I do want to get this out of the way before I get into the rest of it. Um, but, hey, the reason the reason I say it makes it interesting to a point and there's downfalls is because people don't want to see Cena in the world title picture. Um, also, I can't see either really losing this match cleanly because um, I can't really see either person without their respective titles in hand. I mean, I'll talk more about this later, I guess, because uh, I do got a few points I want to make when I go into fantasy booking, but so I don't want to book too much of this match at this point in time. Um, but as far as as far as Cena or Rollins winning each other's titles. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. And, you know, the the only other, you know, third wheel on this is Sheamus. But with Sheamus, you know, money in the bank winner, Sheamus. But with Sheamus being injured, or supposedly injured, I haven't really heard anything about him being injured. But he's not on the Australia tour, which, you know, gives thought that, you know, WB may be letting him heal up just to cash in at SummerSlam, just to make sure he's ready to go for that run. I don't know. Um, the question is, is, if Sheamus does cash in, will Sheamus be the next, you know, uh, to cash in and not become champion. Um, I read online, you know, that the the Cena and Rollins feud is supposed to go on for a while, and the only uh, the only issue I have with you know this feud going on is we're getting a championship versus championship match right out the bat. What's next? Like after you go battle for championship versus championship, Seth Rollins, John Cena. No matter who wins or loses, except for the rematch to get the title back, you ain't got nothing left. How can this be a long-term feud? I see two one stops, you know, unless they can make it interesting somehow. And the only way they're going to make it interesting is to make it so, you know, it doesn't end cleanly in any way, shape, or form. Titles don't change hands, something like that. Or Sheamus coming out and making it a, a triple threat and then something absolutely crazy happening. I don't know. You don't ever know. Um, but I, I'm curious to what you guys think on this. If Seth Rollins and John Cena's match doesn't end cleanly, and both of them keep their championships at the end of that match, what's next? How do they continue on with that storyline? So hit me up on Twitter, guys, at Wrestling Rant, and let me know what you guys think about this story going forward. And let me know if you even think that you want John Cena in this storyline or not. And if not, who? Hit me up. Let me know.
Um, next thing I'm talking about, guys, the prime time players, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. You know who they are. They are killing it right now. And when I say killing it, I mean in and out of that ring. They are killing it. Titus O'Neil is becoming a huge on Twitter these days. There's not a day that goes by, guys, that I'm not seeing 10, 15, 20 tweets. Titus O'Neil this, Titus O'Neil that. He's the greatest. He's such a good man. And all that kicking ass and this, that, and the other. And the fact of the matter is that he is. With, uh, you know, uh, if you guys saw, the, you know, on Twitter or you're around the internet community, whether whatever it be, um, like a week ago, Titus O'Neil took, like, a group of homeless people out to dinner. And a fancy dinner, not just some like cheap McDonald's shit. It was a fancy ass dinner. Like it was fancy. I ain't had a dinner that goddamn fancy in a long time. I'll be honest with you. I've been at Olive Garden once, and that was like seven months ago. Shit, I need to step up my goddamn game. But at the end of the day, the fact that he's doing this shit just tells you then that that guy's a good dude. And the fact of the matter is, is not only is he good out of the ring. He's getting good in the ring. And the reason I say he's getting good in the ring is because primetime players, including Darren Young, are really starting to click with fans lately. And fans are um, fans are what's important when it comes to WWE. If they don't cheer you or boo you, they don't care about you. And it's not. And when I say boo you, I don't mean like, boo, you suck, get the fuck out of here. I mean, they got to boo you. Like, they're only booing you because the person you're facing they like. But if they're just booing you because you suck, WWE knows, and they're not going to put you on TV no more. And the fact of the matter is, is that's who the primetime players used to be when they first came in. Nobody liked them. And the, the reason being is because they had no charisma. They had no really character development. But there was, like, some manager who was with some other company who was representing them. I don't even fucking remember. That's how dumb it was. All right? And that guy ain't been nowhere else since, okay? Um... But at the end of the day, right now, oh my god, primetime players are huge in the tag team division. Um, I can't wait to see what happens at SummerSlam. Um, I can't see anybody dethroning these guys at SummerSlam unless the Usos make a surprise return. And even then, I still don't know. Like, just because the Usos are back doesn't mean they're automatically champions again. You know what I mean? Like, fans might react differently to seeing the Usos. You never know. Um, but also, again, what do you guys think about the primetime players? Do you think they're as good as I'm saying they are? Do you think Tyus O'Neill is as good as what I'm saying they are? Do you think Darren is Young is as good as I'm saying they are? Because at the end of the day, if you saw this week's Raw and SmackDown, Darren Young got to show off his skills a little bit. They put the ball in Darren Young's hands, and man, he delivered. So, let me know what you guys think about these two, and we're going to keep it moving, alright? And when I say keep it moving, we're going to step out of the WWE realm just a little bit here, okay? We're going to step into what I like to call, I don't know, um, uh, Lucha Motherfucker Underground, y'all. That's right, Lucha Underground. And other news, Lucha Underground had their season finale this week. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, you really, really should. Um, to me, Lucha Underground, I mean... It feels like this show is something that is missing with a lot of hardcore wrestling fans. And all hardcore wrestling fans are the guys watching Lucha Underground right now. So I'm trying to get that casual viewer and maybe even that person who just happened to listen to my podcast and is like, I've heard of Lucha Underground, but I've never watched it before. Fucking go watch that shit. All right? Uh, it, Lucha Underground is the first wrestling show in a long time that doesn't want to be WWE. They want to be compared to WWE. They want to be exactly who they are, and that is incredible, and that is Lucha Underground. Now, yes, you're going to hear the show start off people are chanting lucha 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 it's not the fucking lucha dragons all right i don't know who did that shit first i really don't but i don't compare the two because they're so different lucha dragons don't get me wrong kick ass but they would not fit in in lucha underground right now especially with their bright ass colors they got going on all right 
Um, but it's incredible, guys. And, and if I had to compare it to something to try to get the, the viewer to watch it and in order to understand it, and maybe maybe this is me going too far back here, um, but Lucha Underground is kind of like ECW meets the Attitude Era and, and really meets something you've only ever dreamed of. And if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you know what I mean when I say dreamed of. Because you've had those matches where you're watching it and you're like, oh, man, I hope they do this, and they never did. But you're just like, that would have been way better than what they do. Why the fuck? Like, okay, totally should have Hurricane Ron off the top ropes into a table. What they do, he just did a leg drop into the table. Like, what the, why? Like, make it good, make it fancy, make the moves count, make it look interesting. And that's what Lucha Underground does. They, they, they go to the extremes like ECW did, but they also make it look so, so good. And doing things, a lot of people and a lot of wrestling purists, and I say wrestling purists, like people from the 80s and early 90s are going to tell you it's completely unnecessary. It's not unnecessary anymore. Because the fact of the matter is, if you want to keep our attention in this day and age, you got to do big flashy moves. And the fact of the matter is, Lucha Underground is filled with them. And when I say filled with them, I mean, there's not a match that goes by that ain't going to take your breath away. Period. Lucha Underground has reinvented what it means to be a wrestling fan and reinvented what it means to watch a good wrestling show. So please, I recommend checking it out. Now they did just have their, you know, their season finale, so they're not on TV anymore. So you gotta go, you probably gotta go to YouTube or download it, however way you can to get it watching. Um, but the reason I say watch it, because if you if you like guys like uh, Johnny Mundo, aka John Morrison, you remember from WWE, Eminem, John Morrison, the the shaman is sexy. I mean, he you know him. Don't act like you don't. He's the badass. I miss the shit out of him. And not to mention him and The Miz together were kind of my favorite tag team when they were on TV. I can't even lie. What about Alberto El Patron, a.k.a. Alberto Del Rio? Now, I know a lot of people in WDB always booed Alberto Del Rio, but the fact of the matter is that dude can go, and he's kicking ass, and he's taking names wherever he goes. But if you like Alberto Del Rio, John Morrison, along with, you know, Master Warriors, you know, as far as Lucha Libre style, Rey Mysterio style, Sin Cara style, uh, you're going to love Lucha Underground. That's all there is to it. If you know anything about you know the Mexican Lucha Libre style, it is not like WWE style. For sure it's not like WWE style. It's not like Japan style, you know, the hard style. It is what it is. There's a lot of rolling. There's a lot of kicking. There's a lot of flying. There's there's a lot going on. And if you want to be entertained, trust me when I tell you Lucha Underground is the way to be entertained. I don't want to give away any spoilers because the fact of the matter is I'm not a spoiler podcast. There's probably some people out there who do do spoilers. There's the internet if you want to listen to spoilers. All I want to do is just tell you what I like. Like I said, this is a wrestling podcast from a fan for the fans. But at the same time, I'm not going to ruin the reason why you're a fan, and that's to be entertained. And I know damn well I might be entertaining sitting here and you listen to me right now, but I'm nowhere near as entertaining as watching Lucha Libre or Lucha Underground on TV right now. So check it out. YouTube it. Download it. However you can. Um, next topic, guys, I want to talk about uh, TNA lost another big name this week, or at least is reported to lost another big name this week. Um, it appears that James Storm has left, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, if you guys follow TNA, you know James Storm is a TNA original. He's been there for, what, 12, 13 years? I think he was there from day one, if not very shortly after day one. Uh, and you know what? Damn, if he was not part of one of the best tag teams in TNA, you know Beer Money. And if you don't remember Beer Money, you get Bobby Roode and James Storm, and that was, <laughs> you could put Beer Money in WWE and they would have been the hottest thing in WWE, period. And I mean hottest thing in WWE. Not just hottest tag team in WWE, hottest thing in WWE. Because the fact of the matter is, is beer money was the shit. They came out drinking beer like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was a good throwback they did. And I loved it. And the fact of the matter is, is James Storm being gone is a huge blow to TNA. Um, I mean, all those of late, you know, the revolution gimmick he was in um, really didn't go anywhere. It kind of fell off pretty quickly, went down the drain. Um... 
you know, but there was a lot of issues with that. You know, it could have been a good thing, but a lot of people, you know, that were part of that storyline ended up leaving WWE due to personal reasons. You know, a lot of people they're feuding with the part of that storyline ended up leave, or leaving TNA because of personal reasons. Um, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, I really hope the best for James Storm, and and really hope I see him. Uh, not gonna lie, in GFW uh, sooner rather than later. He he's very entertaining. He's very good. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And the fact of the matter is, he can make anybody look good. Uh, you know, green or veteran. Period. He's gonna carry the matches. And the fact of the matter is, is I really really do look forward to seeing what he does in the future. Alright guys, this is where I told you we're going to get into some fantasy booking on this podcast. And, well, you're going to hear squeak because I got to sit up. Oh, I know, it's annoying, it's annoying, it's annoying. Okay, we're going to get into some fantasy booking for this podcast, guys. And it's SummerSlam fantasy booking. I don't know about you, but SummerSlam being four hours this year, something's got to go down. Either that or they got to add some more fucking matches to this card. Because unless they're expecting Lesnar and Undertaker to go an hour, which, that ain't happening. Sorry, it ain't happening. They gotta do something. And the only thing I can think that they're gonna do is some heavy storylines and shit's about to hit the fan. And I'm kinda thinking, I'm kinda thinking, don't hold me to this. I'm kinda thinking you got NXT TakeOver in the exact same building the night before, SummerSlam, right? At the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. NXT TakeOver. What's it called? NXT TakeOver. I, am I wrong to think that the Divas Revolution is gonna become an NXT revolution and. That last hour of TV, even the last 30 minutes of TV, whatever it may be, is just NXT stars running rampant on WWE pay-per-view and taking out all the top stars, including Seth Rollins, including John Cena. Maybe that's the match to interrupt. I don't know. Don't hold me to it. I know it sounds crazy, but I've seen crazier things happen. Y'all remember when NXT took over and Daniel Bryan got fired for choking out, uh, uh, what, I don't remember his goddamn name, but, you know. It's it's something that could happen. That's just me. That's not really fancy booking, more as such as just pure fantasy. But I had to say that. I had to get that out the way. I, it's been on my chest for a while now. I, had to, I was thinking it, okay? But as far as fantasy booking goes for some guys, I'm going to talk about the matches that are really so far, except for the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match. Because if you listen to the pod, my first ever episode podcast, two weeks ago podcast, I told you then, I'll tell you now, I don't want to know what's going to happen in this match. I don't want to read the dirt sheets. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to fantasy book Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker. If if WrestleMania 32 is going to be Undertaker's last match, and this is going to be his second, maybe the third last match, I don't want to know. I want Undertaker and WWE to take me on a ride, to take me on a journey as a fan, and tell me a story. For one last time, I think I owe that to them to be a fan, and allow them just to tell me that story, and that's what I'm going to do. So, if you're going to tweet at me on Twitter, that's fine. But I don't want nothing Brock Lesnar Undertaker period, unless you want to talk about what happened during the match, after the match happens, then we can do that, but until then, I don't want to hear about it, and I ain't going to talk about it, so if you do tweet me, I ain't going to say nothing, I ain't going to delete you or block you or anything, because the fact of the matter is, I need fans, I need followers, I need you people to follow, share, tweet, twit, twat, whatever you want to do, I don't give a shit, just no Undertaker, no Brock Lesnar, so, with that being said, let's go back and jump in with the primetime players, as I noted earlier, I don't think they could lose unless maybe, like I said, the Usos return. And even then, if they return, I don't. He, nobody wants to see, and WWE never does. Uh, you know, he, you know, face versus face. They always want to have a face versus heel, especially when titles are on the line and titles are 
being cha- or changing hands. So at the end of the day, the only heels right now in the tag team division, the only heels that could pose a threat are primetime players. Now, I know the Ascension's in there somewhere, but let's face it, <laughs> Ascension, <laughs> go back to NXT and start over because this shit ain't working. I don't know what it is or why it is. Maybe it's because all you do is just moan and yell and roar and nobody cares for that shit anymore. I don't know. It worked in NXT, kind of. I mean, I remember watching you guys in NXT. People were high for you. I wasn't. So I think that crowd there just lied to you. Um, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. But Ascension's not in this part, okay? But, like I said, they want a babyface versus heel, especially when, especially, especially when the titles change hands. So well, the only thing I can think going on right now, I don't think primetime players are going to lose at SummerSlam. But what I think would be very, very interesting is if the Usos do make their return, help primetime players retain, then as soon as that match is over, take the primetime players out. That's right. They turn heel and they take those mother lovers out. Primetime players go down. It starts off the feud. Very next night on Raw. What do you care about? You care about the tag team you know, spot that's going to be on Monday Night Raw. Because you know they're going to have the spot, but if nothing happens at the pay-per-view to make you care about it the next day, nobody's really going to care. So at the end of the day, let's make it care. Let's make it count. You know, let, Let's make things matter in the tag team division. And I think the Usos turning heel is one way to do it. Now, I don't know how well they could play heel because they're so good at playing face. But at the same time, I'm curious to see how it goes down. So, uh, tweet me at, you know, get at me on Twitter. What, what do you think about that? Do you think Usos can be heels? And do you want to see primetime players remain champs after SummerSlam? Let me know. Alright, guys. We're going to, I'm going to talk briefly, very briefly, about the Intercontinental title picture with the big show of the Miz and defending Ryback. Ryback being off TV, you know, WWE, because he got staff affection, his knee or his leg or whatever it was. Um... This is the exact same storyline that's supposed to be for Battleground. They haven't changed anything, and they haven't even really talked about it, and they haven't, nothing's been added to the story since before Battleground, since before Ryback got injured, so it is what it is, and the only reason I think they're doing that is because their plans that were supposed to happen at Battleground have just been postponed to SummerSlam, so the exact same thing that was going to happen then is going to happen now, and the only thing I can see happening, the only person I can see winning is Ryback, and the fact of the matter is, is the reason I see that is because Big Show's not going to win. Big Show is only there to knock Miz out. And if Miz knocks out, gets knocked out, he's not going to win. So this is how I see it going down. It's going to be very quick and very simple. The match itself might take long, but the end is going to be very quick and very simple. Big Show's going to knock the Miz out. Ryback and Big Show are going to go at it for, I don't know, maybe a minute, maybe two. And then Rise the Miz is starting to stand up in his groggy state. Ryback's going to get Big Show out the ring. He's going to hit him with the finisher. He's going to put him right back down for the one, two, three. Match over. Ryback retains. Now, what's going to happen in the future with Ryback? I don't know. They're not doing a very good job helping me help you to add entertainment to this podcast by being, oh, Intercontinental Championships, the next big thing, because it's not. They're they're not talking about it. They're not doing anything. They're not helping me help you, so I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm kind of curious, but they're going to make me like it more before I can get too excited. So we'll see what happens. I'll let you guys know. I'll keep postponed. Um, but yeah, as far as the finish, Big Show, Knockout Miz, Ryback, Big Show out the ring, Miz gets up, Ryback, Puts them back down. One, two, three. Match over. All right. And I, uh, I mentioned a little earlier how I felt, vers- you know, the Cena versus Rollins, and I want to add something, uh, and 
the reason I want to add something is because I want to add the idea of, I know I'm going to get booed up for this, but I want to add the idea of Cena winning. Just to have a heel chasing. Because WWE and old school bookers, they like nothing more than have heels chasing the title. And the fact of the matter is right now, if you have a heel as champion, you get chased by by faces. And until you get that face who you're ready to put over, you never nobody's ever going to win. And um, so I, I'm throwing this out there just to have a heel chasing. And in the fact of the matter, too, is it gets interesting. Because I've seen a does win, then he now holds the U.S. title and the WWE World Heavyweight Championship title, right? So if he holds both titles, he can have two people coming after him. And that's one, Seth Rollins, and that's two, whoever may be for the U.S. title. And it gets it gets very interesting. And then you go to a pay-per-view where Johnson has to defend both titles versus two different people on the same card. And then, you know, maybe he wins, but then... Bum, 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 Sheamus, Mr. Money in the Bank hits, and John Cena's about to have his third title match of the night. And one of two things is going to happen. Sheamus is going to cash in and win Money in the Bank, or we're going to see Super Cena again, and Super Cena's going to win, and next thing you know, Super is the greatest champion of all time, and that's how you end the, you know, the Super Cena legacy. I don't think you could really top that, and I think you build that story all the way to WrestleMania, and that's what it is, unless they have other plans to John Cena at WrestleMania, but I think that could be very interesting. Um... Just my personal opinion. That gives you a storyline that could last for a little while. And you get to see Super Cena. And I know Cena's not ready to retire by any means, shape, or form. But, I mean, come on. That'd be the last big WrestleMania match where you had three matches in one night. Two scheduled, one surprised. And you won all three. You can't boo Cena if that happens. You can't. You, you, you just can't. And if you think you can, you're well, you're freaking wrong. You can't do it, Okay. So, but as of now, guys, there's only one other match that's confirmed. As of right now, as of me recording this, there's only one other match that's confirmed for SummerSlam. There's a lot of speculation, you know, Owens and Cesaro, which, if that does happen, believe me, the podcast after the pay-per-view, shit's going to hit the fan. Because I'm going to go in on that match. We're going to go hard, okay? But as of right now, I want to talk about confirmed matches. So the last confirmed match as of right now of this recording is family versus family. Two-thirds of the wide family... Bray and Luke versus two-thirds of the Shield, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. Now, I discussed the issues I had with this match a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and that was we've already seen the Wyatt family versus the Shield way too many times. I mean, just just, just so many, and there was three people at the time, so they had more stuff they could do. They can make it more entertaining, but now you can't really have as entertaining as it once was, but at the same time... It's still freaking, you know, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. I mean, these guys are on the rise. You want to see them go, right? And they're probably better now in the ring than they were then. They can probably tell a little bit better of a story. So I'm interested in that fact. Um, But what really makes this interesting, and it really doesn't have anything to do with the match itself, but what really makes this interesting is I don't think the fans know who to cheer for for more. And don't get me wrong, Luke Harper isn't going to get cheered. But the fact that he's with Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's going to get cheered. And the fact of the matter is, is Bray Wyatt gets cheered as much as Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose combined. I mean, if you make the loudness, not loudness level and take them together for Ambrose and Reigns and combine that to the loudness level of just Bray Wyatt, it's pretty much fucking equal. And the fact that you have all those fans holding up those cell phones or lights or whatever they are in the audience as fireflies, which is the gayest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm sorry if you're a firefly, I didn't mean to offend you, but... Damn, bro. Like, come on. Tell him picking up at her nickname, Matt. But at the end of the day, 
the fact remains, we've seen this match before, and the only thing that's going to keep me entertained, the only thing, the curiosity that I have is see how the fans cheer. Um, so the match themselves will be very good, don't get me wrong, we've seen them before though, so um, we kind of know what to expect, um, but to see who the fans will be cheering for to win will be very entertaining. And the fact of the matter is, is WWE knows that fans cheer Wyatt. And WWE knows that fans cheer Wyatt very loudly and are very vocal about how they feel about Bray Wyatt. And the fact of the matter is, Bray Wyatt doesn't really do anything to deter them cheering him. So, it's it's very curious to see how WWE handles the situation if they just leave it alone and go, Hey, you guys are heels and you guys are baby face and this is it. This is the match. Go. But it could be very interesting to see what happens that Monday on Raw. Um, during the pay-per-view, I don't think, you know, right now, Bray Wyatt has, you know, the option of turning face. But it's there eventually, and this might be the starting point for it. Because, you know, he might get the win and get cheered like crazy. Or he might even get lost and or get the, you know, lose. And Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose, whoever pins him, might get booed. Now, we're used to Roman Reigns being booed. But we're not used to Dean Ambrose being booed. So if Dean Ambrose gets the win over Bray Wyatt or even Luke Harper and gets booed, WWE might not have a choice but to turn white face. And when I say turn white face, I mean quick and in a hurry because you know he's going to make money once he is a face he's already making money as a heel but imagine the amount of money he's going to make when he's a face so with that being said guys that's my fantasy booking that is the podcast this week i know it's a very short episode but like i said i wanted to keep it short and simple i wanted to keep it to where um you had enough time to listen to this you wouldn't get distracted you weren't you weren't you know halfway through and like oh i got shit to do i understand but also at the same time because the episode i had planned for this week i want to save like i said until after the brock lesnar undertaker match at SummerSlam. and there's a reason for it trust me it's really cool that podcast has actually already been recorded now i will talk and add a little bit about the brock lesnar undertaker match to it after it has happened, but until then, I don't want to release it. Um, there's a reason for it. There's an angle, as they would say in the WWE or the wrestling business itself. I have an angle, and what is that angle? Well, it's not Kurt, all right, but it is an angle nonetheless, and you guys will love it, I assure you. Um, but that's that's my show, folks. Um, remember, this is a podcast from a fan for the fans. Uh, please follow and share me to get this out there. Follow me on Twitter or on SoundCloud. It's at Wrestling Rant. It is Wrestling Rant. Rant is with a W. It is W R A N T. Um, follow me there and look me up on iTunes, it's Wrestling Rant Podcast on iTunes, don't put any spaces, for some reason iTunes is like, no, you put spaces we can't find it, but if you don't put spaces, it's there, I don't know I'm gonna call iTunes apparently, cause they're fucking dumb, but anyway um, hopefully with some luck guys, this will be a very well known podcast in the future, I said last week this is the weekend podcast, nobody releases a wrestling podcast on the weekend, this is the weekend wrestling podcast, so whenever you hear, whenever you share, let people know that this is the weekend wrestling podcast, I know I'm a few hours late this week but only a few, it's it's 5am where I'm at right now, um, usually it releases about 5-6am, so I'm just a couple hours late, we'll get it out to the, you guys as soon as possible, hopefully you guys enjoyed and liked what you hear please share um like i said i want to get this guys i want to get this out there and the reason i wanted to get out there is because i want it to be well enough known where eventually you know maybe i actually get some guests on the show and actually talk wrestling with somebody who wants to talk wrestling and i'm not just talking about wrestlers i'm talking about fans as well because if you want to be on this podcast all you gotta do is drop me a line on twitter and say hey i want to be on your podcast and i'm going to talk to you and make sure we're on the same wavelength as far as who likes what and what we want to talk about and boom if it's true we'll get on this podcast together but i would like to have guests at some point in time guys um so get this out there. Share. Follow me at Wrestling Rant on Twitter. Um, thanks again, guys, for checking out this week's podcast. And stay tuned for next week because it's going to be one awesome show, guys. And uh, hope you enjoyed. Thanks, guys.